Look at this, Spags, a non-Friday splash play with Pete. We are here to preview the Super Bowl. I mean, everything is out there. There are so many things that you can wager money on this weekend. And Lord knows Pete and I wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't strap in and try to tackle them all over the course of a show. So prop bets, DK showdown, underdog pickums, underdog big game drafts. You're going to get the plus EV strategy or at least as best as Pete and I can do right after this very short intro. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play. You can see from the chat from our accountant, Willis, no way you can bet in the Super Bowl. That's incredible. Yeah, there's, in fact, a lot of ways to bet in the Super Bowl, Pete. How excited are you for this week? How much? I know we talked about it a little bit on Friday, but for the sake of establishing our credibility for the YouTube randoms who come straggling in watching this video after the fact, how much money do you foresee yourself having on the Super Bowl this weekend? Uh, you want me to come up with an actual, you want me yes, to just say For credibility's sake, it's not about winnings. It's not about okay. how great you're going to do. It's about how much skin in the game are you going to have? So I did immediately after the conference championship placed a thousand dollar bet on the Eagles to win. Um, so I did do that. Uh, I was like figuring out my showdown budget. I think I, I have reined it back in a little bit. I think I'm going to have $1,750 in play okay. on showdown. I'm not going to max the, uh, the big one because basically what I'm trying to do is, you know, and I talked about this with Justin on my stream yesterday with the Sims is because I'm going to be like on the road traveling. I want to make lineups for contests that are of similar size. Like I don't want to be having to create some for like the 450,000 one for the hundred, like all of that. So I'm trying to like limit the amount of work I have to do. And then I don't know, I'll have probably like four or 500 in play on underdog. Is, is that, I feel, I feel, uh, what's the word? Gauche, gauche, uh, you know, just saying exactly how much I'm betting, but for you, Spags, anything. No, I think that's the right thing to do. I think, you know, for Pete and I, of course, we spend a good amount of money on this. We're also content creators. So I think you got to kind of put your money where your mouth is. And for the content creators that don't do that, you should certainly raise some questions, I think, out there. But yeah, I'm in the same ballpark as you. I'll have about 2300 on DK. The 220 max is 150 maxing uh, the big $15 tournament with a million up top on there. Uh, for underdog, I'm not sure because I can't do pickums and also the big game drafts. I like doing them in bursts, but then I kind of sit back at them for a little bit. So I might get to like a hundred or a couple hundred on there, but probably not enough to really make a meaningful impact for underdog. And betting wise, I am waiting for our probably product to come out because I'm going to be hammering that hard, uh, but waiting to sync up some data sources on there. So I imagine all in, I'll be like 3,500. But I do think anytime for me, Pete, I've said this before with DFS slates, when you have more than like two grand, that's where even more than a grand, really, once you get to four figures, but especially when you get to 2K, like that's where I feel like I'm like singularly obsessed with it in a way that sometimes you don't get when you're just putting 20 entries into a tournament throughout the course of the season. So I'm really obsessed with the showdown this year because I just don't want to embarrass myself when I'm actually 150 maxing. Yeah, it is. No, it is true. There's kind of like the uh, the tipping point of where you find yourself caring about it. And you, you'll you naturally spend more time researching it and, you know, actually trying to win as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to toss a few lineups in, which is completely fine. But sometimes it is fun to ratchet up. I think of it like sometimes my friend will invite me to go to the Celtics game. And I'll just like put a random big bet like on the side or the total just to like, and not even tell him because I don't want him to think like my enjoyment factor is clouded, but just secretly to just, you know, have a nice sweat during the game. And it's the same with the showdown and stuff like that. You got to, you got to turn it up to 11 for the Super Bowl. And of course, for uh, Paul asking non-NFL question, are you going to be playing XFL, USFL, DFS this year? Uh, Pete, I have to imagine we'll be rolling 3K a week for both of those <laughs> as well. Every what? XFL slate, every USFL got to be there. 
Honestly, I would, I mean, Spags and I still need to discuss uh, what our plans are going to be look like, but I would be happy to do XFL stuff on, on splash play. If we want to add like a XFL show or whatever, I think um, depending on, you know, last year, the prize pools with the USFL, they petered out and my interest uh, waned with that. But if the XFL stuff holds strong, uh, I think I'd be down to, uh, to dabbling in that. XFL's got a good shot. We'll be covering on a Football Outsiders too, doing some preview stuff, some data stuff on there as well. I think the XFL's got a good shot to be a little more live this year. The Rock behind it, ESPN behind it, all positive things uh, that will certainly get some more attention there. And uh, shout out to the chat as well. Appreciate all you guys party on at Super Bowl week. Yes, Dustin, it is in fact. So let's get into the process here, Pete. And uh, let's talk about some of the odds here. Of course, talk about my company probably here. Dangerously close to getting this app out. So get on the waitlist, probably app.com. It has been a haul getting this live, uh, but to make sure the product does what it's supposed to do and does it the way that I know will, you know, not guarantee profitability, but will help people get there. Definitely an important part of it. What we've been doing is tracking the top international odds every single week. I've written it up in email newsletters, which I think hopefully been helpful for some people out there. Definitely helpful for my DFS process. So Pete, I'm going to flag this for you just to highlight some of these alternate markets out there. 75% chance that the Eagles are within seven and a half points. So that basically tells you they'll be within a touchdown striking distance by the end of the game. That makes sense to me. Over 44 and a half is a 69% chance of hitting, which is of course a very nice number. But also, Pete, that does seem like these two markets here, over 44 and a half, over 57 and a half, these being so high or under 57 and a half, rather, like these are really high alternate spreads to be out there where I think we wanted shootouts in the AFC title game. Certainly the NFC title game, it would have been nice too. didn't see it anywhere close to that in the latter, but in the AFC one, also kind of a disappointment. I think this could be the shootout we've been talking about and hoping for all playoffs along and a lot of disappointing spots. But when you see these alternate markets being this high, I think there's a really good chance there's some scoring, at least for one side. Yeah, that, and that's the, that's the trouble with this too, is like the under has definitely been the sharp side in a lot of these games you know i got roped into chiefs Bengals over i had bet eagles overs the past two weeks both their uh divisional round and conference championship knowing like hey the eagles are going to do their job and their opponents have just not showed up and scored and so yeah i'm feeling a little burned and i have seen the total inch up right it opened at 49 and a half i'm now seeing it at 51 in most places and I can't tell if I'm just burned or uh, if I'm being sharp, but I do kind of lean the under on 51. But the alternate ways are fun to play it, right? Where at least you're getting some juiced up odds if you're taking it on as a mega shootout. Yeah, I just like to know that there's a decently high bar here. Like when you see the alternate spreads being under 51 or sometimes under, you know, 47, like that's happened throughout the year, that immediately raises a red flag for me. But when you see an alternate total here where they're saying, you know, 70% chance almost is going to be over 44 and a half. So that's probably about three touchdowns each. Then also a decent probability as well of it being under 57 and a half. That still gives you a pretty decent spread there for a 32% chance for this game to score over 57 and a half. Um, that's where I think the value is in this sort of market material. And that's something for me where I think targeting the shootout is going to make a lot of sense. The one thing I think Pete does not make a lot of sense. We have to talk about the props here. Uh, you know, uh, you ever watched bar rescue, the John Taffer show that uh, was very popular. I think when we were both I'm in familiar, like college yes. age a little bit after that. Yeah. So the one thing they highlighted that I remember always is like, whenever you see a restaurant that like puts some food product in a box, that's their highest margin thing that they can possibly have. <laughs> that's what these quick same game parlays are on DraftKings. Whoever is putting these in, I don't know if you've ever played one, Pete. I wouldn't play one immediately just knowing how that goes for consumers. I'm sure they're fair market spreads and all that stuff, but I would bet that these are ones where they're like, yeah, a little bit of juice our way, a little bit that makes it seem like it's a good bet, but ultimately going to fail. I just think this is the the sucker bet of all of them would be taking a pre-made same game parlay on DraftKings. 
Well, yeah. I mean, that same dynamic plays out uh, across all the single game parlay stuff where it's like you can start to hide the hold in there a lot easier when they stack these up. It's same with the anytime touchdown score, first touchdown score too. It's like you look at it and if you actually do the math, you realize how much, how much juice is there when you're actually adding up the probabilities that all of these guys hit. So, I mean, I was looking with Kendall on XM this morning in the sky more and Justin Watson, anytime touchdown scoring was like plus 500 and plus 600. I was like, come on. I need more than that. I need more than that. If I'm betting on fridge wide receivers. Yeah, that's brutal. I, I think first time touchdown scorers, I know you probably, if you're out there on social media, you see them hit sometimes. I think those tend to be sucker bets, especially, but anytime touchdown scorers also like it used to be a market that I think you could target and feel pretty good about. But honestly, like if you're going to do this, you should probably do a prize picks or an underdog format and take on, you know, like a, a four or five wave pick them there. And just at least, you know, you're getting odds that are fair and going to be close to 50, 50 spreads. And then, you know, when it becomes a five way parlay, then the odds come down to a pretty good level. I think a five way on prize picks like minus 119, something like that. Point being these far fetched kind of ones, like you're honestly better off doing a parlay than some of these anytime touchdown scorers. Right, exactly. I mean, the implied probability at plus 600 is 15%. Like, is there a 15% chance Sky Moore scores a touchdown? I you mean, would like to believe so. <laughs> I, I, I certainly would. I said, this is how I get even. This is how I get even on drafting him in the eighth round of way too many drafts. So we have to make some picks, though. And I think people do like the touchdown score ones. So I'm going to put us on the spot right away. We'll click through a bunch of these other ones, too, and see if there's any uh, pre-made ones that Pete has in mind. But if you have to pick any time TD scorers here, I would say probably any of the negative money ones, maybe not the best pick. But Jalen Hurts, minus 115, you can make the case. And these other guys, though, Pete, who would be your preferred anytime touchdown scorer? Uh, let me boost my screen here so I can see these up on uh, your screen since I don't have it next to me. Uh, I feel like I want something that is this. These are first touchdown scores. Yeah, the right column is anytime. The left column is first TD, and then, and then last TD. If you really want to get tough with it, is the middle column. Well, here's how I think about it, right? And I think about it similar in the underdog contest as well. That there's a real tier gap in talent um, in these draft after pick seven or eight. And when you also look at like ADP in these, like Devonta Smith goes at the four or five turn. I think Devonta Smith is just as likely as any of these guys to be the first TD score. So to me, as far as the elite talent tier he's offering the most value at plus 1200. Like at what point, I mean, I know AJ Brown, maybe a little bit uh, bigger bodied red zone presence, but based on what we've seen, I don't think there should be a, that much of a difference between Devonta and AJ Brown's odds. I think that's fair. I think they've certainly both been the 1A, 1B more than people probably give credit for. I think that Mike's point here, Kansas City's given up nine touchdowns to tight ends, was one that I was thinking about too. Uh, some of the advanced analytics columns that I've read this week have kind of focused on tight end structure being an important thing going against the Chiefs and Dallas Goddard, a guy that has been a little bit more involved this playoff run, uh, reliably week to week. I don't know that I would take him as a first touchdown scorer, but I do think for an anytime, him at plus 150. I mean, you can make the case now that I'm talking about Dallas Goddard. Like, Devonta Smith shouldn't be plus 150 and at the same odds, I think, as Dallas Goddard. That said, I think, you know, Devonta Smith, probably the best value. But if I had to make one, if somebody had a gun to my head, that mythical gun to all the content creators' heads that we all have making picks, <laughs> Dallas Goddard plus 150 looks pretty good to me. Jarek McKinnon at plus 180, I think, would be a, a solid 1B as well. Yeah. Um, I don't mind those. I do think the easiest fade for me, if I could short these would be Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, those odds seem just way too high for him. And I don't, it's not that I necessarily think CEH is going to have a big role, but that's certainly going to limit his touch 
projection, I think more so than just, you know, Ronald Jones was. I also think this could swing back and be a little bit more of a Jarek McKinnon game, despite kind of the positive usage uptick Pacheco saw in the conference championship. So I don't know, maybe I'm just biased against Pacheco, but I feel like shorting him at these odds. Would you take CEH at plus 500 then compared to the plus 115 for Pacheco? Uh, hmm. Yeah, Pretty I thin. think so. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like Pacheco's been a monster goal linebacker or anything. Exactly. He's six touches in the five every game. Like, I don't know. I think it could be very possible that CEH gets in and that's the way they use him. But I don't think a plus 500 bet, you know, these are all pretty thin probabilities, obviously, as we're talking about Super Bowl specials. So here's the specials here. Of course, in my state, we cannot bet on the Gatorade and those kind of things here. Any QB to have a reception or I guess any of these here, Pete, do these jump out to you? We have QB to have a reception at plus 1200 uh, kicking a game winning walk off field goal at end of normal time. That's pretty interesting at plus 1000. I feel like these are plays where you're tacking them onto a prop bet card and not feeling a lot of confidence in them necessarily. But a game-winning field goal defensive player to have a sack and interception, any of these plus 1,000 ones I think would look the most appealing to me. This is another one of the deceptive sportsbook shit because you should be able to bet the no side on these. And that's Mm. there's actually, I know Jonathan Bales previously has written up how like the it will there be a safety or not that there's almost always value on no safety because people want to bet these outlier things at plus money. And there's a reason they're not offering you any QB to have a reception at minus 1200. Cause that'd be a really nice bet to make. If you had a sizable bankroll that you could lay, you know, 1200 to win 100 or whatever. But uh, these aren't as interesting to me as the no side, because I think that's probably where the value is. Um, but let's have a little fun because that's what we're meant to do here. I mean, some of these are absurd. A kicker to make a 60-plus yard field goal. These teams don't even kick field goals that much. I mean, 60-yard field goal at plus 900. Um, I don't know. I guess the funnest would be any non-QB to have one-plus pass TD. Um, I wouldn't be surprised with Andy Reid's history as ring around the rosy play. Could he have something with, like, Juju, um, you know, throwing a pass? Travis Kelsey, maybe I could see, like, a trick, like, swing pass, and then he throws it. That one seems like the funnest at those odds. Yeah, I think predatory vibes for sure, MJ is saying. I think that's the fairest way to look at it. But I agree, having some fun living a little, probably the offensive lineman to score one-plus receiving touchdowns. Honestly, out of the far-flung ones with how the Chiefs have used some of their guys and also the fact that they are so depleted at receiver, obviously a lot of injuries there. No McCall Hardman this week. Kadarius Tony going to be banged up. Juju going to be banged up, all that stuff. Offensive lineman to score a receiving touchdown TD would not be crazy. I think what you're talking about, though, with not having the no odds, like you really can't determine a good probability for this even because of that fact. And I think it is really the ultimate, like pulling the wool over the eyes. Like is plus 3,500 even fair? Probably not. Yeah, so plus 3,500, that's an implied probability of 2.8%. Um, any offense, and it's like, it's probably less than 1% chance that that yeah. happens. Um, yeah, I, agree. I, I will say, uh, Justin in the chat said, uh, Kadarius Tony has a cannon. I actually thought about that where I was like, I could see that, but then would Andy Reid really trust Kadarius Tony to throw a ball? Like, I could see him trusting Travis Kelsey on a trick play. I just don't know if they could trust Kadarius Tony at this point. I mean, you got it. It's the Super Bowl. Got to throw it all out there. Andy Reid also had a controversial take about hamburgers, saying that Tommy's hamburgers in LA were his favorite hamburger. And I was like, what? I've had Tommy's hamburgers, Pete. I can tell you they're not that special. And for a guy who's put away as many hamburgers as Andy Reid has, and also as a guy who's also put away a lot of hamburgers and myself, disappointed in that take by him. 
I have, uh, I missed that one. I did see his quote about how he's looking forward to going, or he enjoyed going to Mexico City for the game because he got a really good chili relleno. Uh, so Andy Reid, it's almost like a bit he does because they were asking him about earlier in this season about going to Germany. And he's like, yeah, really looking forward to trying the bratwurst. Like, I can't tell if he's doing a bit or if he just immediately associates locations with food and that's all he can think about. Oh, actually, Circle Anomaly is pointing out the Philly special. I guess if ever there were time to do that, that would be Philly in the Super Bowl and also Andy Reid coaching against the Philly team. So maybe there's some Philly special juice, though. Now the Philly special has moved to Carolina with Frank Reich and his offense. Um, novelty props. Let's take a look there. Will there be a Scorigami? Is DraftKings' only novelty prop on here besides some jersey number octopus? Have you ever bet a Scorigami? Do you even know what a Scorigami is? I do. Popularized by uh, SB Nation's John Boyce, uh, a score that has never happened before. He's made some very cool infographics and videos about this. I feel like they need to do some educational like mm-hmm. elements here. Like I know what that is, but like I, I don't know if the average person is going to know what a scorigami means and they're just blindly betting it. Like where's the explainer on this? I agree. What's an octopus? Literally no clue. Oh yeah. What, what the hell DraftKings? You, you got to <laughs> explain this shit. Will there be an octopus thrown on the field? Is this like a hockey game in Detroit? I mean, what's going on? Can you try to hit your DK VIP rep and go, hey, um, what can you tell me what the deal is with this octopus? What's so only asking octopus based questions? Dude, first of all, it's so funny you say that. So I did actually I have multiple, I have multiple funny stories about DraftKings. Uh one, uh my I got an email from an actual DK rep. Uh her name is Gabby. I've never actually had a real rep. I had a contact at DraftKings that helped me make the listener leagues for the deposit kingdom. Um, Daniel, very nice guy, but Gabby reached out to me. She's like, you know, with uh, sports betting legally launching in Massachusetts, we want to reach out and see if you want to be part of our VOIP program. I just replied back. I thought you'd never ask. So now Gabby and I are fast friends and I'm sure I'll be getting, you know, upper deck nosebleed seats to new England revolution games in no time. But my other thing here, I went to a nearby, uh, like brewery by our house. It was our first, like uh, you know, venture to a restaurant with April, uh, last week, a guy comes up to me, works at customer experience at DraftKings, introduces himself, says hi. And then I don't know if you were following our cash game week stuff, but he immediately apologized about Nate Noling, his username being impossible to find on DraftKings. Cause we were making bits about that the entire cash game week. And this guy came up and apologized about it. So long story short, I'm starting to make inroads with DraftKings really reaching across the aisle to uh, to hook your boy up. No, that's good. I had a, I actually have a VIP rep, but I never hit him up at anything because he's like a lower tier VIP rep and he only gives me things related to sportsbook deposits at this point. So yeah. <laughs> like, no, I don't, like I want to play DFS. You have any DFS deposit? And he's like, no. And I think they immediately filed me away as this guy has won some money, but is not worth wasting our time. Well, I was laughing about that dynamic too, where it's like guys like you and me, we would take like any free shit that DraftKings would give us. And then someone like Brian, they're like, Hey, do you want to go sit in the box at soldier field and and watch a bears game? Brian's like, nah, (laughs) just turning them down as, as the guy who's actually playing all kinds of volume on their site. Yeah. I was, I was watching lulls with him talking about that, but I'm glad he's finally got that watch that could appreciate in value as time goes on. I know. I, I really need him to start wearing that on streams unironically. Passing props. Any So you've written up some props, I'm sure, for Fantasy Life. Do you want to scroll through these, or are there any that really yeah, sure. jump out as being worthwhile? Because I actually have to do I have to do a video for Stochastic tomorrow on DK props, um, which, like a pre-recorded one. And to be clear, I'm going to be scanning all these pretty aggressively after the show. <laughs> for you, do you have any on draftings that you would hit? I mean, 
I, I can barely name uh, Chris Jones as the one defender I even recognize on this list. I don't know if I've ever heard of any of these other guys. Karloff, this is a rookie who was pretty good, who I was surprised fell as much as he did. Besides that, not a lot exciting there. Field goal made. These are both minus money. Um, the kickers, I think, are greatly undervalued on the underdog big game. Yeah. And I think for this reason, too, like it's minus money for them both to hit over a field goal and a half. Like, I think those are points that uh, you're probably not going to get from Kenneth Gainwell if the game's competitive. Yeah, I dabbled in this market last week. I think on under in the conference championship, I took Robbie Gold, my guy, good as gold, over one and a half. Uh, that didn't hit. And so I think I'm out of the kicker prop market for now. Head to head player props. Any of these standing out to you? Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, minus 54 and a half for passing yards head to head. Um, both minus money on both sides. It's actually kind of interesting. I might take the plus for Hurts. I feel like that's pretty good value. Yeah, I, I like the Hurts side. For sure. And I already even, so underdog had a boost for the uh, Mahomes total yardage line. If you toss that in your pick them slips and I, uh, I hammered the under on that one, they had it at 314 total yards. And what's so crazy about that is that is still assuming like a decent amount of rushing yards. And I just really don't think he's going to run that much on this ankle. So I'm almost thinking of it like closer as a wash with his passing yardage prop. And uh, yeah, so I, I would much rather be on the Hertz side of things. And I just, I think his line is probably suppressed a little bit just because of how little, you know, they've had to throw the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and the assumption is that they're going to have to throw a little bit more here just because of the matchup as well as the fact, again, you have to put up points against the Chiefs, as we talked about enough times here. Rushing head-to-head, -head, uh, that's not a QB rushing one. That would be maybe a little bit more interesting. Uh, player parlays, DK's. Anyway, lots of things to click through on DK. I could definitely see why people... <laughs> waste so much money on this because this is an impossible amount of bets that you really have no way to properly value here's here's a question for you and and this is for, from coming from someone who like we said we're gonna have underdog action we're gonna have pick them slips gonna have spread bet gonna have showdown yada yada action in a lot of places is your i at least i feel like i get good clean sweats out of those things like i know my eagles bet i know i can log into my um, DraftKings account and see how my showdown teams are doing and start to pick out my sweats. When you're just like spraying and praying on all of these random props, like, do you have a printout? Are you trying to like, I, I just don't, they're not clean sweats. A lot of these, right. And if you're like trying to juggle it all, I don't know, just having a shit ton of props. If you're not just value hunting, it's not that fun of a sweat for me. I think that's, I mean, to me, that's why the whole point of it is to value hunt and then have it saved somewhere and like put it in Excel and like know what you're doing. Or, you know, there's bet tracking apps like uh, we're not going to try to do that functionality for probably, but BetStamp has a good one. Um, I think OddsJam has one too, which I haven't used, but I'm sure it's pretty okay because they code good stuff. I think that's where it is. But to me, that's the best way to bet things. It's like to use an expected value tool, pick off the best values you can, and then ride with those bets. Like last year, I gave Alex a couple for uh, the Rams, basically, where it's like a Matthew Stafford passing prop combined with, uh, I think, Rams win. And basically like that one or 300 bucks. And I think that's sort of the way to do it. But ultimately, you know, trying to connect your plays or just picking off a bunch of values and tracking them somewhere is the best thing you can do. Or you just spray and pray and try not to contradict yourself. But then that becomes like DFS then where it's like, oh, sometimes you build lambs by hand and it's like they don't actually make sense uh, based on correlation kind of things. That that that's where my mind gets in a blender with it because I'll I'll update my my prop sheet here soon and just see like oh is there any value in any of these on underdog and then on the other hand you know I, I don't mind the value hunting stuff if you can pick off a line I think closer to close you know I was talking about this with Kendall on the radio earlier that the cat the Travis Kelsey receiving 
line is probably going to continue to go up. I think it's at like 78 and a half right now. I wouldn't be surprised to see it at 83, 84 by the time close. So waiting for some of that value. But on the other hand, it is really fun to build a pick slip almost like a glorified showdown lineup or DFS lineup where you correlate everything where it's like Mahomes lower, Kelsey lower. And then I'm going to take Hertz higher and AJ Brown higher. So like when stuff does hit, it all hits in a very big way. If it plays out with the story you're telling yourself. All right. So let's try to do that here. Cause there's the underdog side of things. Of course, play an underdog, use a promo code splash, to double your deposit. Um, what was the deposit boost again? Or the, 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 the pick and boost this week. Cause I forgot what that it, was I got you. the, I don't see yours up there. I had uh, the Mahomes 314 and a half total yards okay. was my boost. It, I can get five picks for 600 max $20, but you took the lower on that one. So we shouldn't, I did. With that being, okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to take the higher on his passing then and try to build what a correlated pick em slip might look like? Sure. Okay, so let's do that. So let's take, we'll take the high. Oh, I can't even add him in now. This is a. Do you want me to share my screen? (laughs) Yeah, do that. It's because like at least I used to be able to add him in and then get stonewalled at the gate here, but now apparently I can't even put him in for promotional sake. Gee whiz. There we go. Here's um. Okay, let's uh, let's go here. All right, so we're gonna build uh like a Chiefs or it doesn't have to necessarily be they win, but like a shootout scenario where Mahomes is getting there. Yeah, I think so. I think that's because to me, that's the way you could build a pick them where, you know, like at least there's some logic to him going over. If I would just take even the passing yards, like take over 292.5 and yeah. then figure out who's going to get the the overs there. Don't you think that? So this is implying, right? Um, let's do some math. Uh, 312, like 22 rushing yards. Doesn't that seem like a lot? No, because he's show, like he tried to run a little bit versus the Bengals. I don't have the box score in front of me, but I like I think he tried to run enough there that you could make the case that like 20 yards is not that crazy. Feels a little bit high, but it's, you know, do or die game. Yeah. Also, isn't it interesting that the implied rushing yards when you subtract total yards from passing yards is different than the rushing yards line? Yeah. I mean, well, that, that's how they get you. <laughs> it's, it's they so got me. <laughs> um yeah he ran three times for eight yards last game um three for eight versus jacksonville too so you're getting at least three rush honestly he's run for more more than two times in every game recently it looks like yeah if so i would say my two even even though i do think if mahomes is clearing this definitely a good shot that kelsey does this still just feels like such a fat number i think i'd rather play it through like mckinnon receiving yards or like tony receiving yards 22 and a half i'd even dabble with with juju if we feel good about him i just man that that kelsey number feels massive to me the kelsey number i would agree i think i mean if you're gonna go pick them slip like the one thing is that you don't have to worry about being chalky i guess so you could take the kelsey number and not feel bad about it i mean mvs higher 37 and a half feels pretty good to me like i would i feel like that's the one i would build around yeah let's feel like a bit of a fish play chasing a good mvs game but like He's the only guy who's going to be out there a bunch. Like Juju might be limited. Like, you know, Juju too, by the way, has a contractual bonus where if they win and he plays 50% of snaps, they owe him a million dollars. So like, that's something where maybe they give him a little bit less routes because he's hurt. And also they don't want to get the bonus. Well, let's, uh, what what do you like? I almost, what do you think with Juju? Do you like more three and a half receptions or 37 and a half yards? Uh, boy, he, I don't, I don't even know that I trust him. I like going the McKinnon route. I think I like MVS. Um, I mean, can I we maybe that can we take a lower on Juju and say like he's not going to get there because these other two guys did? I just feel like then your correlation story is a lot. I don't know. It's just not quite as clean. Okay, can, can we take an Eagles side then? It's because there's so much yes. passing game explosion that means that Sanders has to score. 
on the other side or hurts or like somebody. So like, let's try to pair it with what's going to make them pass the most then for now. And okay. the decision. Yeah, I do. Uh, I definitely don't mind the Miles Sanders stuff. Um, which, which one would you like to do just pure rushing yards? I almost like with Sanders wouldn't even mind doing the fantasy points. Cause it's kind of nice to have those outs because Miles Sanders can rack up uh, big runs can catch in the receiving game and can score touchdowns. I kind of like having the outs and then it more logically ties with our story of just like Miles Sanders is scoring points, uh, forcing them to throw. What do you think of that? I can live with that being a fantasy point one. He doesn't get a lot of work in the past game, but maybe that's the time. Then you try to give him a few routes just to see if you can catch him off guard. So I think that's not a reasonable take to have. Um, do we want to go another chiefs player then with this, or do we want to say somebody else is going to be what leads the chiefs passing explosion? Yeah. I mean, Willis suggesting this Boston Scott over nine and a half yards in my other pick em slip that I did with more of an Eagles bent. I did Zach Pascal five and a half receiving yards. Um, I mean, that's literally one catch, uh, for him. So that one seemed kind of fun to bet on. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm open to, uh, where, where's your lane? Um, uh, I mean, I, I like Goddard. I feel like let's go back to the chiefs and try to get one more correct play. Like, let's assume that somehow Sanders scored points. Um, boy, this it's tough. It's tough. I think, all these assholes. I, no think I would go, I think I would be interested in Tony. Like Tony is such a better bet than like Noah gray. Like I'd much rather do 22 and a half on Tony than 13 and a half on Noah gray. I could live with that. I, I worry about the snap share for Tony at this point. Um, and Noah Gray could see more two tight end sets because it's like the pressure Philly can bring. But I think this is a good a good slip. Yeah, Justin brings up a good one too. That's an interesting one. Jalen Hurts, uh, half, uh, point five rushing TDs there, especially mm-hmm. with that play that they now have, where they'll be like three yards out <laughs> and go into that sneak formation. They love that sneak. That sneak is a brilliant play, but I feel like the rules committee has to take a look at that sneak immediately because that was what got <laughs> USC in trouble with the, the bush push against Notre Dame. I remember very deeply from college and it's like, yeah, you can't touch the running back when he's about to get to the end zone. And it's like, oh, that's now what the Eagles do every play. Yeah. All right. Here we Done. do it. Here we go, Spags. It is set the official splash play. Uh, pick them here for the people. There we go. I'll so post this. Uh, I'll post the slip in the um, splash play channel if anyone wants to uh, to tail. How and how could you not playing underdog pickums? Have a great time over there. Do that. But there you go. That's the world of prop betting. A lot of stuff out there. And stay tuned later in the week. I am really hoping we'll have a demo of probably to show you guys so we can kind of talk through that. But uh, but yeah, let's let's get keep it going here and let's talk about showdown, Pete. You can see I have 1.964 potential. <laughs> can we post screenshots of potential winnings now? <laughs> I haven't registered <laughs> yet. So yours are gonna dwarf mine, but yeah. Yeah, I, I got in early because I didn't want to walk myself back in the 150 maxing, but let's build a lineup here. I did see, so I know you talked with Justin. I do recommend people check out the streams that Pete did with Justin both yesterday and also um, I think you'd had him on Friday too, and he kind of talked about some general things that were uh, noteworthy as well. But like, um, but point being with this kind of showdown build, I am not seeing as many 5-1 builds coming up with the stochastic data, so I was kind hmm. of interested by what Justin was talking about with those maybe being overrepresented or something like that. Uh, but I thought there were a lot of good takeaways about building unique lineups and just viewing the lineup itself as rather than worrying about correlations and all that stuff you can do with the Run the Sims product. But let's do a snake draft here, Pete. And I, I think the one thing that I would say worries me is playing Jalen Hurts at captain. Um, the ownership projections out there are pretty high. Uh, stochastic has him at, uh, let's see, 16% captain ownership. 
I don't think that's possible because you see the DVP, the 28th ranked here. He's the highest price guy. He's a guy who can run for touchdowns, can pass for touchdowns, all that stuff. I think Hertz is going to be owned by a third of the field at captain. I don't want to necessarily be there that much. Yeah. And that was kind of the dynamic I was talking about with Justin, where right now on run the Sims, he's showing up in the default Sims with a 27% optimal captain rate, which is a massive number. Like if, you know, just throughout the season, the big showdown slates, Monday night football, et cetera, you, you will rarely see someone over 25%. And it generally was like a Hertz type rushing quarterback. Sometimes with Josh Allen, you'd see it. Um, so it's a tricky dilemma because if he's only at 15%, you know, optimal or sorry, projected captain ownership, which is kind of what you're seeing right now, it's a huge leverage spot just relative to his captain rate. On the other hand, like you said, especially in small field stuff, he's going to get steamed up. And if it becomes closer to that optimal rate, then your paths to finishing in first are probably better with a non Hertz captain. Yeah, and one thing, too, that stuck with me during, a, I think it was a Raven slate, where Lamar was a, a very highly owned captain, but then Lamar actually ended up creating value for three pass catchers with him. So I'd say if you're going to play Hurts a captain, it almost behooves you to play kind of a wide receiver, tight end, heavy build, and assume that he can create value for enough guys to make the lineup, too. Um, so that's one way to get different. That said, Pete, I wouldn't go Hurts a captain, I think, um, at least for this kind of build here. So who would be your choice of captain? We can either go with the Hurts narrative and get a receiver who maybe can benefit on a full point PPR site at captain or we can go the chiefs entirely and, and maybe get different yeah i was gonna go that way because my whole thing is and this is kind of the beauty of uh showdown and also just the ability to kind of like hedge your stuff like i think the eagles are gonna win i'm betting on them in a lot of different avenues i'll certainly have a lot of 5-1 eagles builds but i do think probably the best way from a macro construction standpoint to attack this is with 5-1 Chiefs builds because they're not showing up a ton in the Sims. You Let me know on uh, with the stochastic projections. I think just the way the value is shaking out and the uncertainty with some of the Chiefs that you're just not going to see as much 5-1 Chiefs. I would agree. Um, not So like for the stochastic build, I did 25 lineups is just what I do with no randomness or anything to kind of get a read on where it's going to go. I got two five-man Chiefs, no five-man Eagles at all. So I just think onslaughts, oh. from what I've seen throughout the season, that tends to mean that onslaughts go underrepresented. So I'll probably just be jamming a lot of onslaughts of both teams. But let's go with the Chiefs heavy one. And would you want to go Mahomes at captain then? Or do you want to go with one of his pass catchers? Yeah, so like looking at the Sims, it is obviously mainly uh, Mahomes. And I do think it it makes sense, right? Like basically all you have to do is fade a massive Kelsey Alpha game because otherwise it's almost for sure going to be spread around mm -hmm. a bit. So I like going with Mahomes as the captain. All right, let's do that. So do we want to fade? So let, let's do the obvious thing. I think Hertz has to be in a lineup, right? Like unless we're going to get really contrarian, I don't think we need to get that contrarian for this particular build. So I'm looking at like some of the simulated like uh, 5-1 with the Chiefs, and it's basically kind of what you're looking at. If you do Hurts, you're going to end up needing to have like a Jody Fortson or like Total Punt to kind of mm. unlock it. If you don't do a Hurts, then you can get um, like a Dallas Goddard, and then your lowest guy is like an MBS. So it's kind of like how low. If you have a punt play that you really like, I think going with Hurts makes sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I love the punt plays enough, and I do think, you know, if you are going to build an onslaught build, the best onslaught builds tend to have the one guy from the opposing team being a pass catcher, or at least a guy who's a running back who can cast uh, catch passes. So I think let's go Brown, Smith, or Goddard. What you said with Goddard I think makes sense, but I think that's going to be too cozy. So let's go Devonta Smith as our receiver from the Eagles. 
That's uh, that's very fun. Uh, I like Devonta Smith. He is playing awesome now. And the thing that's nice about the Eagles pass catchers is we know we've seen the alpha games from Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, right? Where like no one else on the team would be sniffing an optimal lineup because they hog so many of the points. So I like that call. All right. So now we have to get some more chiefs in. Do we want to go Kelsey or do we want to skip Kelsey too and get extra contrarian? I let's, let's go down this path and see how much salary we end up leaving. I do think with Mahomes captain, obviously not having Kelsey would be very unique. Um, but with a five, one, it just seems like Kelsey should be a part of this and we could get funky elsewhere. Okay. So we'll get Kelsey in. I think McKinnon should be in the mix. I think McKinnon's going to benefit a lot from not having Hardman out there. We saw Hardman come back in and it was still banged up some reservations about his health and they still used him enough. I think to justify it with Tony yeah. being hurt with Juju being hurt. I think McKinnon's going to get there. So I would be having as my pick here. Yeah, I'm good with that. This might also be a build where you would entertain because we are needing to find some value. Um, Chiefs defense, I think, in a game script like this would also make sense with a build. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that makes sense. And I mean, honestly, at this point, like, I don't know that you need to leave a ton of salary on the table. Normally, I would try to leave like a thousand, but it feels like you could take Butker here and that wouldn't be crazy. Or if you want to get even thinner, you can go to Sky and then just hope that there's no field. Yeah. And this is where it is fun. Like, and I think how I'm probably going to build some of my portfolio is like build around a core like this, right? Where I have Mahomes five, one chiefs on slots and you're cycling through Goddard, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and then you're cycling through chiefs and Butker and you're cycling through sky Moore, Noah gray, Justin Watson. So where you land on a construction where you think there's an edge, but you're acknowledging fuck if I know sky Moore or Justin Watson or you know, Noah Gray scores. So yeah, I think you can pick any of those guys. Right now, Justin Watson is kind of my favorite of the punt Chiefs guys, but I think any of them are viable. And I would say too, for the people out there that see this lineup and go like, how can you possibly play a lineup without Hurts? A, you know, just these guys fail every single time, not every single time, but enough times in single games that it's worth always exploring, not playing that chalk play. But you got to think about it in terms of like what you're shaving away in terms of ownership, because we didn't play Jalen Hurts. We're now away from 73% of the field because we didn't play AJ Brown. We're away from 40, 45% of the field because we didn't play Goddard away from 40% of the field. We've now basically gotten away from everybody who's going to have, you know, more than one Eagle. And I think that's where the injury, not the injury, excuse me, that's where the lineup has the most upside. So I like this build a lot, actually. And I'm actually going to save it as a lineup I will use, at least in the the, the first down, <laughs> not the Millie Maker. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to toss this into uh, a smaller uh, single entry, just so I have some uh, splash play stream uh, equity here. There we go. So that is the showdown here. And again, the ownership, I would use stochastic data. Of course, Pete talks about ETR being great. Run the Sims. Justin Freeman, our friend over there, doing great jobs. If you want to be really ahead of the field, put them all in Excel, co combine them together. Like that's a good way to get the combined ownership from a bunch of great sites out there. So that would be my recommendation out there if you want to play these contests. But in general, you could also just follow one of them you trust the most. And those were three great ones with Run the Sims, ETR, and stochastic. Um, anything else showdown wise you want to hit on before we hop into a big game draft? And of course, do our ride or die picks no i think if you want to i do recommend the stream i did with justin yesterday on mm -hmm. my channel just because i was able to it was, i was kind of selfishly i was asking him questions that i've had pop up in my head as i've been building you know and sometimes you use a, a tool or you have a process and you just want a sanity check of like it was what i'm doing right or is it just completely wrong and so i kind of got to grill justin on some of these dead ends or you know problems i was arriving to and he did a 
he had a really nice way of kind of explaining how he uses the simulator. And I should just mention, um, run the Sims completely free this week too. So you guys hear us talking about it. You've seen the screenshots and stuff. Um, you can just go sign up and poke around with the simulator yourself. Really fun way to uh, build lineups. All right, we're going to hop into this big game here. These will go fast. Four-person four draft, four rounds, playing along with us on Underdog. Use the promo code SPLASH. Double your deposit up to 100 bucks. And again, these drafts, you really can binge. Like, I know we talk a lot about, and I always use the analogies of shitter games, uh, popping them like Pringles, all that stuff. There has never been a faster-moving Underdog draft product than these big game drafts that fill very quickly, though, of course, not when we're on the stream. <laughs> we're just waiting for one big game spot to go here. Because they're five bucks, though, people do load them up pretty fast you can literally do it while uh even starting the shit you don't even have to get the whole shit pete you can just start a shit and then you have to get two drafts in yeah it's uh they're fun i i actually you know it's one of those things too where sometimes like the battle royales i initially find just addicting right off the rip this one i found initially i wasn't as hooked and then i started thinking through it from more of a portfolio standpoint of like oh, what are the kind of combinations that I don't think are going to be that frequent, whether because you're reaching on ADP or they're just combos that people don't want to take, you know, say um, uh, three pass catchers from the Chiefs with Jalen Hurts, you know, stuff where everyone always wants to stack Hurts. Like what if you play it as a rushing type of performance from Hurts and he's still in the optimal? So that's where this has been fun for me. Same with the showdown concept of just sort of like, what are the ways we can get unique and be relatively unduplicated without being just completely insane and taking two kickers and two dust ball wide receivers. So we don't believe in taking two kickers ever. <laughs> so I've been taking a few two kicker lineups because the alternatives are absolute garbage sometimes. So I've taken some Butker Elliott lineups and not felt bad about it. Yeah. My only thought about it is I just wish it was more unique in that those two, their ADP is right next to each other. I'm sure some guys at the three, four turn have been double tapping the kickers a decent amount. You already mentioned it too. The badge bros guys have mentioned it. Kicker is probably slightly overvalued here because of the negative one for extra point misses and, uh, or minus two for extra point misses minus one for field goal. So I think I'd rather take a flyer on a Justin Watson, a Quez Watkins instead of those guys, Kelsey fall into four. Yeah, that's Somehow. a rarity. We got Kelsey at four. Yeah. What else do we want? Do we want to take Devonta again? Um, yeah, because I assume I assume Kelsey Devonta is a fairly unique start, just with Kelsey not normally falling there. The one, it's just I. How many times have you seen the turn double tap AJ Brown and Devonta Smith? That's like in every draft I see. Yeah, I, that's what I didn't love about. The, I mean, a so like the Bad Rose guys were talking about it. I think with you uh, talking about how it's like impossible to get a lineup with both QBs in, and if you are, it almost should be thrown out because it's so unlikely to happen. Um, that's the kind of thing where you know you see the patterns right away. You do five of these drafts, you see right away people are taking the same spots over and over again. Like Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard might be seventy percent owned in this tournament. Like the, those yeah. two being in the lineup. Yeah, there's just a set pattern for how most people are going to draft. So you either get an ADP faller because someone takes AJ Brown ahead of Kelsey, so you can start to build a unique team, or you have to go out and seek that uniqueness on your own. So now we can start to think about what do we want to do here with this. Yeah, so we got Juju, we got Butker, we got Tony, we got Sky Moore. So this is where I would maybe try to just get weird. And I would like scroll down and take like Justin Watson and Quez Watkins and knowing like most people are going to take one player from the tier above, but are they that less likely? Or you take Juju and you scroll way down and grab another guy. I think let's do Juju because we got Kelsey at an advantageous spot that I feel he goes yeah. like number one overall sometimes. 
So they, let's try to get the projection. And now who are we going off the board for here? Fortson can get some targets. Yeah, I would I would just stick with the Chiefs onslaught with just one. Yeah, so I mean, I think I prefer Noah Gray, but yeah, I think any of those other than Chiefs. Noah Gray's CH, good. Yeah, Gray's going to run CH more routes. Too. CH, do you want to throw in? Sure. Yeah, all right, let's do it. CH, why not? Yeah, because we didn't get McKinnon. I really wanted McKinnon to fall here. Um, but Kelsey, Devonta Smith, Juju, CH, like CH is a thin play for Battle Royale or for the big game format. He's probably the best play here that he's going to be on like a showdown or something like else, something else like that. Yeah. And I, I think CH is probably going to get a little bit more popular um, as we mm -hmm. come up. And I, I don't know. I think there's some, there's definitely some interesting range of outcome stuff for CH where we just haven't seen him. And the Chiefs have already been doing funky stuff with their backfield with Pacheco and McKinnon. I think there's just an, an uncertainty there that it's worth taking some stabs on. Do you want to hit one more? Or should we just do ride or die picks? Uh, we can do, uh, your call. I'm good. Either um, let, here, let, let's do one more here and see how we get a different build. And if you want to play along with us, join in now entering the big game, $5 entry fee, 50 K to first. It's a nice little tournament here. If you don't want to play, if you don't want to one fifty max to showdown. Honestly, you're better just kind of throwing some lineups in this, I think, or doing single entry, obviously, but, um, yeah, putting one entry, I think in the Millie maker for the super bowl would probably be a mistake for your money. Unless you're just willing to lose it. Um, Justin mentioning Reed's press today didn't even seem positive he'd play. That's the other nice thing about these is mm -hmm. if he does scratch, you can adjust your ranks and basically get whatever top player you want that wasn't drafted. So you're not shit out of luck if you take a stab on a guy who is going to get ruled out. Like I have a bunch of Hardman teams from earlier in the week that I need to go set my rankings for. Right, here we are with the 101. So we'll have our choice between Hertz and Mahomes, which definitely going to boost the projection. Do you think a Hertz or Mahomes team will win the big game tournament on underdog? I think the most likely outcome is yes. Hmm. Um, I also have been experimenting with taking AJ Brown or Kelsey 101 just to get a different combo at the 2 3 turn. Um, that mostly would only be available to the quarterback drafters, but yeah, it's it's hard to pass on Hertz or Mahomes. So do you? So is that the way we should go then, or do you want to get weird with it? Um, yeah, I feel like you can either get weird off the top and then be a little straight, or you can take Hertz and then we can get really weird elsewhere. Yeah, let's do Hertz because I. I just find it hard to believe Hertz is going to fail. And that's the part that messes with me with the captain thing. Cause I've seen enough times where I've thought that on slates and be like, I know this guy fails and then he fails. Cause it's just like, he pops up too much and that's the way it goes. Like the guy doesn't get there. There's a million ways a guy can not get there and, and still be um, leading to other players being more profitable plays. But I think with this particular build, like the scoring that should be involved, Hertz's ability to score touchdowns multiple ways. It does feel like he's going to make a winning lineup on underdog on DraftKings everywhere. Like, I don't, I don't know what the Apple rates for all the sites would be, but it's got to be like 80, 85% of the time, maybe even 90. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like no, it's it, it is. Um, so we are going to be looking at, because normally, like you said, it's the Hertz drafter is getting one of Sanders or Goddard as kind of their their pick and we have Sanders actually go a little bit early here to Chipsy. And uh Ooh. then we will be able to get one of Brown Devon Degata. Or this is where you can get weird. But man, it's uh oh we're not gonna be able to pass, I think, on on Smith or Goddard here. No, I, I just feel like every time I've built Hertz, I end up with Hertz Goddard and that's definitely stuck out to me. Um but I don't think yeah we should take at least one stack partner, I think. 
Yeah, we can take Goddard, but now let's start thinking about getting weird. Um, I definitely like pairing Quez Watkins with Hertz, just if that deep ball hits. And then we could again do that same thing where we take, what if we take kind of like two punt plays and skip, skip this range of chiefs. Like if our thesis is the Eagles crush um, and then avoid like that mid range chief, the McKinnon juju, I'm just trying to find ways to get weird. No, I think that's fair. I think Watkins makes sense in this build. It's just tough, man, because like he's really like if he gets one target and doesn't score on that target, your line is basically dead. <laughs> right, but this is a, it's a five dollars and a yeah. hundred thousand plus entries in here, and the money is like top heavy. So it's like you got to be approaching this from a scratch off standpoint. Um, mm. And I do think if you really push yourself outside of the ADP comfort zone, you're not sacrificing that many projected points. Like I was looking at this too, in most places, I was even looking specifically at Quez Watkins versus MVS and yes, MVS projects for a couple more points, but they both are, you know, kind of reliant more on big plays. I don't know. I just think if, if the thesis is MVS is going to be drafted in a hundred percent of these and Quez Watkins is going to be drafted in 25% of these and the projection gap is only a couple points then the ownership spread shouldn't be near as big as 75%. So that's just kind of how I'm thinking about it, where once those top, what, seven or eight guys go, all of these guys are fucking dart throws. No, I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. And I, I'm with you on this build in particular being a good Quez one. I think our last one wouldn't have made sense to take a Quez as much because you're already kind of off the beaten path by getting the falling Kelsey. So like I think yeah. that's the thing is like, if you have a chalky start, which we know hurts and Goddard is, then then you kind of deviate extra heavy. Whereas if you're already off the beaten path because somebody fell, like if AJ Brown fell to us, I don't think we need Quez there. But yeah. anyway, um, we got one more pick here. So who are we going? Are we, we want to do Boston Scott? The chat loves Boston Scott. We can't. We have to do a chief. Oh, that's um, right. I forget that. About I know. Um, yeah. So pick your pick your favorite chief here. Noah Gray. Tony sure. fell. Tony fell pretty well. Yeah, you could do Tony. Yeah. The, the only problem with it is I just, we're not getting like the ADP reach benefits because now we just mm. like took Tony and Quez in opposite order of how they normally go. <laughs> a fair point. Oh, Chip wants his team roasted. We'll do a quick roasting here because Chip, I know. I don't is think a you'd be able to see the board unless you saved it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did not. Never mind. <laughs> Chip, your team sucks. It's trash. Yeah, I hate it. it. Blows. All right, ride or die time. So last week, Pete, the first, I, I don't know if it's the first band because we've been to rules a few times. Pete hits a 15-pointer. Jamar Chase, not the highest scoring Bengals receiver, and Joe Mixon, not the highest scoring Bengals running back. What um, a I did, sick. That yeah, was please, take you. your victory lap on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did get a 10-pointer on that one, though, to mitigate the damage. T. Higgins outscoring Jamar Chase by five and a half. So we got there with the Jamar Chase fade. And you got right, Eagles minus 12 and a half. The 10-point spread shift thing, Pete, that hit a lot more times this year than I think we acknowledged, but that hit a lot for us. And I think it's important to note that here because it just shows the volatility, but also very smart bet by you. Well, it's funny because I feel like back-to-back -back years, we've had a different meta to ride or dies. Last year, it was the five players from one team mm -hmm. are the highest scoring players. And you're looking at the projections, you're like, this is pretty thin. It hits at an interesting rate. And I actually do think there's an actionable takeaway from this. And it's also just uh, with correlation in general, whether best ball teams, whether your DFS rosters, you look at the Osmo teams that ship where he has five guys, you know, onslaughting one team, because the whole point is that you're getting less things right. And 
when one team rolls, so many guys can come along for the ride. And so I do think there's a, an interesting takeaway that these kind of really leaning into blowout kind of scenarios actually pops up a decent amount. And this will be Pete's last chance to grab at the crown here. Total points on the year, 384 for me, 309 for Pete. Uh, 40 wins for me, 32 wins for Pete. So pretty competitive overall. I, I do think, you know, having a baby Pete really threw you off the shot to win this season. So downer for you. But I think we this is our best ride or die pick year for a, a segment where we do insane hot takes every week. We have now gotten good at it. It only took us three seasons of doing the show. Yeah, the chat might say we've gotten soft on each other, uh, though, with what we allow uh, there, which could be a fair criticism. Um, but I'd like to say we still shoot some good Hail Marys. There's very little one and three point bullshit in our cards these days. I agree. So now it's time to hit those ride or die picks. But first, I will pander for subscribers here. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. Leave a comment down below. As we talked about, Pete and I are going to put on our bravest faces to do XFL content, USFL content. As long as there's big prize pools, we will be there. Of course, best ball season is starting on Friday, actually. And Pete, uh, some luminaries you'll be doing a show with over in Arizona. Guys like uh, Brett Coleman, I saw, of course, Josh and Hayden. Uh, nobody else rings a bell, Pete. But what's going to be going on with <laughs> your big board draft? Yes, uh, Jack Settleman, the Fantasy Flock. Yes, you oh, yeah. forgot the entire list of drafters. I believe it's the kickoff draft. I don't know if they're launching it like concurrently, uh, so you'll be able to blast off the second that goes live or if there's like a holding pattern until that one draft finishes. But regardless, Friday night on the Underdog YouTube channel, and uh, I believe on ship chasing tomorrow night, I'm going to try to convince Gretch to hop in an Underdog draft because I need to get my reps. I feel like I could easily draft a team right now uh, but my knowledge of the rookies is very bad and I need to, uh, to really brush up on the rookies for that draft on Friday. Well, Pete, good news. You have a flight across the country. Why don't you strap in with the playlist of NFL draft previews here on the Splash Play YouTube channel, where I've been looking at the EPA numbers for all the guys actually tomorrow planning to look at tight ends. So apparently three first round caliber tight ends. So that is the goal, but I'm ready. I've never been more ready for a rookie infused draft, Pete, because I've been doing the research for three weeks in a row, four weeks. Can I make a request? Um, yeah. why, why aren't you, why haven't you been posting all this stuff as audio? Um, because I feel shy about posting just my own thing. I feel like people are on that podcast feed for Pete Spags shows. Well, well, that, how do you have the same logic for that with the video? It's well, because YouTube, stuff. there was never re like the Splash Play get, channel. Get, was just get over weird. yourself and start posting the audio so I can actually listen to it. Fine, fine. I'll start posting the I'll start posting the audio specifically with tight ends tomorrow. But no, I, I did the work. I, I've graded out my or TVs or take if they're smaller ones, like just stitch those together into like an hour long like draft series you know put stitch together quarterback running back wide receiver tight ends okay all right fine i'll take pete's notes here check the splash play podcast feed which we don't promote because we care about youtube first and foremost but i'll, I'll try to service the people there and give you give you the content you're looking for in your flights we know that you're always willing to service the people. Spags. That's true. Just one, one, one in each hand, two at a time. Let's go. Ride or die picks time. Kansas City, 24.8 implied points. Philadelphia, 26.3 implied points. Um, I don't think we're going to know all the prop bet markets offhand, Pete, but let's talk about one straight bet, one prop bet, one showdown infused take, and one overall infused take. So four in total for ride or die picks. And we you okay. just kind of give me a ballpark, like an over for Mahomes passing yards or whatever. All right. Well, let let's start with let's start with the spread ones. Um, mm -hmm. I'll I'll continue. I'll say um, Eagles minus eleven and a half. Okay, Ten um, man, hard to 
Hard to dispute that being the first one off the board. I guess I will flip the build here. The Eagles currently a one and a half point favorite. So I will say Chiefs win by uh, eight and a half, I guess. Okay. Uh, Chiefs by eight and a half. Both of us leaning in to the new meta. Uh, We'll see who, uh, who does better here. All right. Prop bet takes. I would say from where I am sitting, the guy I feel the most comfortable hammering overs on is going to be Jarek McKinnon. I think a lot of opportunity opened up for him with the injuries and all that. And I think they've kind of put him back in the barn the last few weeks, I think for this moment. So McKinnon to me is the guy that I have the most confidence in. It feels scary to say out loud, but I just think that that's the way you can beat this Philly, you know, rush defense that has been kind of tough at some points of the year, then was down and tough again when they got healthy. But I think McKinnon is the way they're going to use him a lot is what my gut read tells me. So McKinnon overs will be my hot take for the ride or die. Well, how are we do, how are we grading this? I mean, we need um, he has to hit bet. He has to hit three overs. <laughs> this bags. This is ask, Willis. Willis, how would you even know what to grade? You need to give a specific bet, and also you need to push okay. it. Otherwise, it's a one pointer. Okay, fine, fine. All right, let's do it that way. Let me go back to my my props, rushing, receiving props. Look up McKinnon. Um, I will pull up his total yardage. So they have McKinnon over 44 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I will say McKinnon gets, what do we have to do? Cause we've never done a yardage one. We've um, never done it. McKinnon. Does he have to double? He has to get like, I would say 50% more. Right. So he's got to get over 67. Sure. Okay. Done. Okay. And I'll go the other, I'll do that Travis Kelsey one. So it's at what, like 77, 78 and a half at most places. Can I get a 10 pointer if he's under 50 yards? Let's see. Well, let me just make sure I have. You can do the percentage, figure out what it is. It's <laughs> the same proportional percentage to your McKinnon one. Well, no, because he's not on the rushing and receiving yards. Kelsey on DK is at 79 and a half total yards. Yeah. So, I mean, under 50 is over. 50% yeah, no, less. You're, yeah, you're in the threshold. That works. All right, 10-pointer. All right, cool. So showdown winning captain. Who's going to be that? Man, do you go with the chalk? I mean, I think the way this game is constructed, Spags, where everything's a 10-pointer, um, I guess if you're going to give me the first pick, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts. All right. I will. I don't think this is the best way to leverage off of Jalen Hurts. I still think that's a pass catcher. That said, I'm going to go Mahomes just because we got to get the 10 points and I need to keep you at bay. I don't think you can win either way, to be clear. That's the one thing that we fucked up. Well, this last one, I'm going to ask for a 40-pointer and then we'll see. <laughs> okay, so give me an intergalactic hot take for your 40-pointer here, Pete. What is it going to be? Adjust the probabilities in your head to close the gap on this season. Okay, in this, but but you made, there were four different categories for for bets. Was one of, what what's the one category we haven't done? We've done macro, we've done prop, We've done showdown. What was the last category? You I think it was loaded? just a chooser. I forget what I said. Okay. I think it was just like a chooser under manager. <laughs> All right. I will do kind of like one of our classic ones that we do on the main slate. And this obviously is going to go against Hertz being the captain. Cause if this happens, then this player will be the captain, but let's, let's do a, a galactic, you know, explosion spot for AJ Brown. Um, what what do I need? Like 150 yards, two tutties? Is that a 10-pointer? Mm. How about this? No, I want to aim. I want another 15-pointer. I want another 15-pointer. 200 total yards in two TDs. Okay, that would be... So is that is that a 15 or a 40? That's a 15. I don't <laughs> think that... I think 
I think 40 would need to be scorching. Okay, so for my 40-pointer, Pete. <laughs> Wait, if we're doing 40-pointers, here it is. Okay, here's my 40-pointers, Fags. Okay. It's a parlay. It's A.J. Brown, 200 yards, and and just I want you to know I'm going to be just as hard on yours. 200 yards and two TDs, and a non-quarterback throws a touchdown for 40 points. <laughs> Both okay. those things have to happen. All right, I think that, that'll get you there. That'll get you there. Um, I will parlay a series of anytime scores with long odds on them, including uh, I will say we get a CEH touchdown. I will put that in so we know that was a plus 550. Um, we also get a Quez Watkins touchdown, so I'm now correlating our picks across sites. I think that was that's a decent spread on it too. Um, so CEH, Quez... Uh, who else runs outside and can get a target? A Zach Pascal touchdown. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying Zach Pascal, CH, <laughs> and Quez all score TDs. Yes, I'll give you 40 points on that. All right, done. So CH, Quez, Zach Pascal. Could you imagine if that's what wins on underdog? CH, Quez. Thing is, I still think yours is more likely than to happen than AJ going for 202 and a non-Chiefs yeah. or a non-quarterbacks throwing a touchdown. But all's fair in love and war honestly with that pick pete you could have correlated said aj brown mvp i could have but you know when i was looking at my parlay slip it just wasn't <laughs> juicing the odds quite as much as the other one all right so pete give the people so i'll give my plugs first because pete's gonna have some interesting more interesting ones being on the road uh i will be coming back tomorrow doing the draft tight ends here so that'll complete our four key positions we did the qbs did the running backs did the wide receivers check the link down below I'll drop it in the pin comments so you can check that out uh, but please check those out here i think it'll be very helpful for the big board some guys out there actually do have some big upsides some guys also i think are going to be disappointments uh, could be right or wrong i don't know but the numbers are there so go check those out pete you're going to arizona doing some big stuff for underdogs so what could people see from you the next few days yeah i'll still be around uh these next couple days actually going to do a club show with andy and clay in a bit uh andy's been deep in the uh underdog nba best ball street so he's going to share some stuff with us and also talk about some nft happenings and then let's see tomorrow we'll have swolecast super bowl show we will have ship chasing and then yeah and then thursday i head out for underdog we'll be doing stuff with them mentioned the big board stream friday night we'll be doing a bunch of streaming uh leading up to the super bowl obviously on sunday friday afternoon we're going to the waste management open so i might be uh doing that and who knows bags like i'm always i'm so lazy with recording my own video stuff maybe i'll shoot some like what's hot right now like vlog style TikToks. should i do that well, the thing it's is, with the vlog style TikToks, you have to then edit them at the end. Which is well, like I'm gonna, weird. I'm gonna have, uh, I'm gonna have my guy Lou uh, help me out with some editing. So okay. I'm just gonna record the footage. But I'm so bad at it, Spags, and I'd like to say it's because uh, I live in the moment. Um, but I think it's just because I'm lazy. But yes, maybe, maybe I'll try to get some, you know, real man on the street content for the people. <laughs> like you're gonna go interview people and ask them, hey, who's, who's gonna win the Super Bowl, huh? Well, I think we are actually gonna record man on the street at the waste management open, which I. I hear is a total shit show. Uh, yeah, they there. get they get drunk and they yell things, and pe people are big fans. <laughs> Maybe I think it'd be very fun to um, go interview a bunch of drunk golf fans if they knew that the Kelsey brothers were playing against each other in the Super Bowl. That seems like it would make for a good video because yeah, people do I, forget. I think it's worth a shot. Underdog <laughs> in their incubator has a guy who does like apparently does man on the street fantasy football content. <laughs> okay, so, I don't know. Apparently, I'm we're missing hurt. out by being at our houses. 
Oh, Dustin has a good suggestion. And OG, they want to see Mans at the Super Bowl. Nana Pete goes, <laughs> Nana Pete, man on the street. Uh, Nana on the street content uh, would be good. Honestly, I would enjoy it. At the waste management, boy, you might actually get somebody who wants to put one in there. <laughs> at the waste management. Maybe Spags, that needs to be our off-season project. We go record, uh, you know, Nana Pete uh, content somewhere. Oh, yeah. Our first in-person meeting will be you <laughs> hanging out and being a Nana and me having to come up with creepy things for <laughs> to go on. How, how perfect that would be. It would be. It'd be uh, very on brand for us. All right, guys. So follow me at Chris Fags. Follow Pete at Peter Overzet. Follow this show at Splash Play Pod. Again, the football season ends. The NFL season ends on Sunday, but all the fun here goes on. Actually, incredibly fast. The free agency starts middle of March, so there's not a lot of downtime here. We're going to keep grinding here. We appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. Of course, uh, thank you for doing this, and good luck with the Super Bowl. And Pete, any final words for you? No. Good luck, guys. Enjoy the game. Spags and I will uh, will get back together in the saddle uh, next week as well. All right. See you then, guys. Bye.